Praise God. What a great privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I am so thankful for the presence of the Lord. And I'm thankful for your presence. Amen. I love being with the Lord, but I really like being with his people too. Amen. I'm thankful you ought to feel that way. You ought to thank God every time you have an opportunity to come into the house of the Lord. Just one more reminder to all of our licensed ministers. uh, April 7th and 8th, our South Texas District Conference uh, will be held. I encourage all of you to be in attendance Thursday night and Friday. Uh, We'll be at Brother Scott Lewis's church, the Pentecostals of West Houston. And uh, you, you want to make plans to be there. Be planning on being here tonight because I believe God's going to do some great things and He is doing wonderful things in our midst. For a few moments today, take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 6. And I gave the sound men one translation, but I'm going I'm to read from two translations this morning. Uh, the King James Version, and then I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. But John chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, and we may um, read a little further, maybe skip down to verse number 9. I wish the Lord would give me just a good clear title for this today, but I don't have one yet, so maybe you're going to have to make up your own because I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us. And when Jesus, reading from the King James Version, if you have your Bibles or an iPad or a phone that's got an app, it said, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude or a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse number 9, Andrew found a little boy, a lad in the crowd, and he discovered that out of all those people, he was the only one that thought about bringing a lunch. Leave it to a little boy. To remember the important things. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Every time I read this portion of scripture, I am amazed at the difference in questions that the Lord asks and those that we ask. And I want to talk to you for a little while about that today. God bless you. You may be seated. The Passion Translation, I, I, I would take a moment to 
read that particular portion of Scripture to you again. But verse number 5 said, And as Jesus sat, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Verse number 6. Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do. But he said this to stretch Philip's faith. This particular story is found in all four of the Gospels. It's not often that you find all of the details of what happened in every Gospel, but this particular story, this particular Incident is found in all four of the Gospels. And every one of them uh, record a different aspect uh, of this particular incident. But it seems to me that John captured the real essence of the purpose of this miracle that was about to happen. And it doesn't matter which version you read, it doesn't matter what book you read it out of, you are captivated by the grand need and the poverty of provision. And what we see in the story that is before us is a picture of nothing less than the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that is displayed in this miracle that is about to unfold. And it simply relays to us this fact, that God is always better to us than our expectations. Aren't you glad today that God doesn't limit your blessing or his touch upon your life by your limited view of life right now? Aren't you thankful that God sees the bigger picture and he sees beyond what you see and he sees the need and he comes with questions that are not meant to threaten you but to reveal something to you. You see, when we ask questions... We ask questions out of perplexity. When Jesus asks a question, he asks it for the purpose of revelation. Whenever God comes to you with a question, it is not designed to perplex you. It is not designed to stress you. It is not designed to worry you. It is not designed to challenge you. It is designed to stretch you. And sometimes we need that stretching process that God often has to do in our life because the way we view it and the way we see it is so limited in comparison to what He knows is about to happen. I just pray that one of these Sunday mornings we start service with the knowledge of what God's going to do in church that day. 
I'm talking about from the first note on the keyboard. We're all in one mind and we're all in one accord. And we are, we are already aware God's going to do something miraculous today. Yeah. It would be awesome if we would gather in this place with that knowledge and that understanding that God has a purpose in everything that he does. Nothing that God does is without significance. And this service today, God already planned it out before you ever got here. Before that alarm ever woke you up this morning. Before you ever smelt your first cup of coffee. Before you ever drank that first gulp. God already had everything laid out. He said, now I'm wondering if they're going to find what all I have brought to them and what they have exposed their lives to and the potential that is within their reach. I wonder if they will discover all that I have put in this day. This is the day the Lord hath made. We quote that verse oftentimes. The word made to me is the intriguing word of that verse because it is the same word that is used in the book of Genesis when it said, and he made man. He designed man. He didn't just throw a a mud ball against the wall and say, I hope it works out. I hope everything gets in the right place. But he bent over and he crafted man and designed him. The psalmist captured it in his writings and said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That when we were even in the the, the stomach of our mother, that God was designing and crafting the number of hair on your head and the color of your hair and the color of your eyes and the number of of, 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 of appendages that you would have and he didn't put too many of them uh, he could, he gave you just exactly what you needed because God does that kind of thing he always does it right amen and when God made this day he made it with everything in it that you and I will need to get through it amen so there's not a thing that you're going through right now that you're perplexed over and you're troubled by and you're worried by that has God troubled or worried or perplexed. Whatever question that you are encountering in your life right now, whatever something that you don't understand or don't know the reason for it, maybe it could be that God has allowed that question to come into your life not to stress you but to stretch you. Amen. Amen. Some of you are stressed right now over things that you don't have answers for. When you look around, there's just not enough resources. There's no way that you can meet the demand and you're kind of like Andrew. Yeah, Lord, I see what I have, but what are these, what are they among so many? What, what, what difference will it make? If I do what I can with what I have. You know it's amazing to me that in life that you and I, if we had more than five loaves and two fish, we would be very glad to give it. But we only have five loaves and two fish and we hold on to it. 
Because we're not sure that God would know what to do with that limited amount of stuff. And so we have it in our mind. You know what? One of these days I'm going to hit the lottery. Why don't you just try to win the day? Forget about the lottery. Just do what you can with what God's given you. Hey, we got all of these dreams about what we'll do if we ever hit the jackpot. But hey, you hit the jackpot this morning when you woke up because God had designed in this day everything you need to get through your day and everything you will need to face whatever you are facing. And He just waiting on you to discover what's already here. You see, some of you are waiting for me to preach it down. It's already down. It's all around you. It's actually in you right now. Yeah, I don't have to preach it down. It's inside of you. Some of you just need to discover what God gave you when He gave you the Holy Ghost. You need to rediscover what He put in you when He put His Spirit in you. Praise God. I just wonder what God is trying to do with present circumstances in your life that you are puzzled by. But he's just itching for you to put them in his hands. Amen. I wonder what it is this morning that you got up stressed over and worried about that God was just waiting on you to realize that if you could give it to him... He could make a difference. I know that sounds simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things for us to do. If God were to ask us to climb that wall right there, we would start calculating everything it would take to climb that wall. What would we have to do? What would we have to have on our feet? What would we have to have on our hands? What kind of strength would it take for me to climb that wall? But God's not asking you to climb that wall. All he's asking you to do is just lift your hand. He's just asking you to worship him a little while. He's just asking you to bring what you have and give it to him and watch what he can do with what you think is insignificant. Amen. Praise God. You know, this is something that I have come to understand in my life is that I live into what I say. Yeah. And Philip, if you read the two questions that are asked in what portion of Scripture we read from, you see the difference perspective-wise of how God views things and how we view things. He did not ask, is there enough to feed them? He said, where can we get bread to feed these? It was not a matter of if it was going to happen. It was a matter of happening. You just haven't figured it out yet how it's going to happen. And when Andrew looks at the situation, he's saying, oh, I see what we've got, but he, it ain't going to work, God. It's just not going to work. And it's amazing what God can do with our limitations. 
You see, this is what I figure the Lord's trying to tell me this morning, is that my opposition, my circumstances have become His opportunity to show me just how good and great and mighty and powerful He is and that there is nothing too hard for Him and what He's trying to do to me right now, just stretch me a little bit. Because I have allowed my problems to restrict my life. Amen. So, so very much. There was a purpose in what he was doing. And it was designed to give them an opportunity to overcome their weakness. And I feel like, I just, I was thinking about every song that we sang. Every verse, every word almost was a testimony and it was God speaking to us. Now I know some of us were at Six Flags while that was going on and some of us were at Kroger while that was going on and some of us were at work trying to figure out what we're going to do when we get on the job Monday. But there were a few people in here I think that it dawned on them what we were actually saying And that's why they got out of their pew and they got up here where they could get free and and, and really worship God because they realized that God's up to something in this service today. God's designed this service to help me break out of my limitations and realize that whatever I have to give Him is more than enough. It's more than enough. Amen. Woo! Amen. 200 pieces of silver, Andrew said, that's what it will take to feed this crowd. That's equivalent to eight months' wages. That's what it would have cost to feed that multitude. The thing that attracts me about this this story and the question is that when the Lord asks His question, it is not... For His sake, but ours. It is to open our eyes for the possibility. And that's what every song has done this morning. It's tried to open our eyes. God's going to give me victory. Amen. He is my victory today. God's going to do this. God's going to be that. God's going to try up here. God's going to overcome... All he's trying to get me to do is just buy into the truth of what he's already promised that he would do for you and I. Let let me read something about the Lord. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 42. The Lord quickened this to me while we were singing a while ago and it, it, it just amazes me every time I read it. But Isaiah chapter 42 Beginning with verse 1, he said, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Verse number four. He shall not fail. He shall not 
fail. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged. That's my God. That's the God that's tried to reveal himself to us this morning. I will not fail. I will not fail. I will not be discouraged. I will tell you something about God today. There is an undiscouraged perseverance in God that He will chase you down at times in order to bless you. That's what the psalmist said. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That means they're pursuing me. They're following. They're running after me right now. Because of the undiscouraged perseverance of God. And sometimes we're like Andrew. We are so locked into our five loaves and two fish. And we're thinking, you know what? If we just had a little more. If we just had a little more. God said, I don't need a little more. I just need what you have. You know, here's what we've confused about God. We think God is impressed with what we give him. And so if we have five talents and we use them and and we give back to him ten talents that we have earned our merit badge. And, And then there's this one man that has one talent and he realized it was only one. And so he held on to it and the Lord rebuked him and condemned him. And when I read that story, I realize that it has nothing to do with numbers. It doesn't matter if you have five talents or one talent. All God's looking for in your life is if you use what he gave you. And some of us, we're looking at what God's given us and we don't think it's enough. We don't think it's it's going to be sufficient. And we don't see any way through or possible. But God said, hey, get your eyes off of the number and just simply give me what you have and let me do what I am good at doing. You see, with God, if you will just do the simple, He'll do the supernatural. But we're all of these highly intellectual, smart people that we're trying to do the supernatural, and we fail to do the simple. Some of you are trying to play God right now. You're trying to play God over your family and God over this and God over that. And you're frustrated and everybody around you is frustrated because they know you're limited, but you don't seem to realize you're not God. God doesn't want you to be God. All God wants you to be is somebody that can bring what you have and say, God, this is it. I know what you can do, so go ahead and do what you can with what I've got. And God said, that's what I'm looking for. Somebody that will just take what I've already given and let me do something in your life that will transform your life. Amen. Well, I better hurry on. I wonder what God is using right now to stretch you. That's why you're uncomfortable. Now you want to blame it on your husband 
or your, your wife. You want to blame it on your kids. But the truth is God's taking circumstances in your life and problems that you're wrestling with right now. And you're depressed by them. You're overwhelmed by them. You're overcome by them. And God said, no, that's not what this is about. I need you to understand that this is an opportunity for for the supernatural. I'm not here to stress you. I'm here to stretch you. I want see, I want you to see just how far your faith can go. I want you to see what can happen. And here's the miracle that I, Oh my Lord, here's the miracle. According to reading scripture, when Jesus broke the bread and gave it to the disciples, what happened? They had to keep coming back to him for more bread? I don't believe that. I believe that when they gave him what they had, from my understanding and reading of the scripture, that when they gave him what they had and he broke it and gave it to them, then when they turned and went to the crowd that they serviced, when they tore it and broke it, it multiplied in their hand just like it had in his hand. Because that's what God does when you give him what you have, that when you take it and you start using it, God multiplies it over. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know how we paid that bill. I don't know how that was taken care of. But that's what God does. He makes in your hands the ability to do what He. But that never happens as long as you hold on to it. Here's the power of ministry. Somebody said, I don't know what a difference it makes being up in a Sunday school class today. What difference does that make? Why don't you let God determine that? Some, some of you young people are on the pew today because somebody was up there in that class teaching you. Somebody said, what difference does it make if, if Sister Sarah and her crew's out there in the hallway welcoming everybody? What difference does that make? I tell you, some of you are here today because when you walked in, there was a warm smile. I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter what you do for God. When you do it with all of your heart and when you do it unto Him, He breaks it and gives it. And then when you break it, it multiplies over and over and over and over and over again. Now, if that goes against your theology, just go home and write your own Bible. Amen. Amen. You see, God wants to show you what He can do through you, not just for you. That's where God's stretching you. Well, I just, I just want God to do it. And God said, what's that in your hand? It's a staff. Throw it down. He throws it down. It becomes a serpent. Now the Lord says, pick it up. Boy, that's a real test of faith right there. 
Well, God, that's a serpent. I need you to pick that up for me. I need you to cast out that devil. I need you to rebuke that spirit. God said, take it up, Moses. And when Moses reached down to take up that serpent, in his hands, not in God's hand, but in his hand, it transformed back into a staff. You see, God is not just in the business of working for you. He wants to work through you. And that's what God's trying to get Greater Life Church to understand. Quit waiting on God to do everything. Why don't you just go out and do something for God? Use what you've got in your hand. Take what there is and give it to Him and watch Him multiply it time and time again. Stretching us. I know I've already made some of you uncomfortable. I'm not picking up no serpent. Well, the Bible said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name you call the preacher and have him cast out that devil. In my name you call the elders and have them speak it over that thing. He said, in my, in my name, you, 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 you. Oh, I know this is stretching some of you right now. You're already getting the creepy crawling. Ah, Lord. Hey, he said, you shall cast out devils. You shall tread. You shall take up. Yeah. Yeah. You see, we have gotten lazy in Pentecost. Because we're sitting around waiting on God to do it. I know God's going to do it. I know God's going to do it. But we don't get up and go to work. Well, Brother Hughes... I don't get paid very much to go to that job. I'm waiting on God to do it. God's going to give me a better job. I've got a revelation for you. If you want God to give you an increase, you better do something with what he's already given you because God's not going to give you an increase when you're not using what he's already done for you. I have a revelation for you. I'd rather go work at McDonald's for $10 an hour than to sit at home on my behind waiting on God to open a door because I know there's a better job out there. I'm just telling you that God uses people that are working and God uses people that give Him what they have and when they give Him what they have, God is able to expand it and multiply it and make it greater than you could ever have made it. Stand to your feet. I'm through. Well, I'm not through, but I'm finished. Woo! Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is God 
What, what kind of circumstance are you in right now that you have been squirming and wrestling and trying to figure out how to get out of this straight place I'm in and God has designed that to stretch you. God has designed that to pull at your faith and enlarge your faith. He did this because he already knew what he was going to do. But Philip... He needed some stretching. Philip needed some stretching. I wonder what kind of stretching some of us need this morning to realize that whatever I have to give him is enough. It is enough if I will give it to him. Five loaves, two fish, does it matter? God's not looking for the amount of talent that you have. He's looking for the talent that you have. Amen. God's not impressed by the things that we're impressed by. He is simply waiting on somebody to understand that this question, this question in my life is designed to stretch me. This perplexing problem that I am confronting, this issue that won't go away, this problem that seems greater than my resources. God's trying to use that to stretch you and show you just how great He really is. What a difference in the way God views things and the way we view things. Amen. I love the word In the King James, it says he'd said this to prove Philip. In the Greek, the word prove means to try something to see how it thinks. To try something to see how it will behave. Do you understand today, church, that many of the things that we go through in life are God's proving ground? to see how we're going to act see how we're going to behave Amen. praise God oh hallelujah Amen. Yeah. you say brother Hughes I just don't know well he does and that's really all you need to know is that he knows And all that he is waiting on is for you to recognize the power and the potential that's in what you have. Amen. Simple. Simple. Rudimentary. Elementary. It doesn't matter. When you give it to him, He can do things with it that you cannot even imagine. Amen. What is He using right now in your life? Amen. What is He using right now in in your life that's stretching you? you? You thought it was stress, but it's not stress. It's God stretching you. Some of you've gotten too constricted in your walk with Him. Some of us are still waiting on God to do something when God said, I'm waiting on you to do something. It is counterproductive to dwell on what you don't have 
and fail to use what you do have. Well, I don't have much. Then use what you have. Because a little is much when God is in it. Amen. Amen. I don't have a great argument. You don't need a great argument. You need a great God. I said you don't need a great argument. You need a great God. Sister Marlene, can I tell your story? Sister Marlene works, and that's that's all I'm going to tell you, at, at a place where they had put restrictions on them that if they did not get the vaccine, that they were going to lose their job. She filed a medical exemption, and they turned it down. They came to talk to me one day about it, and so we agreed to pray. God, you're going to have to take the words, and you're going to have to make them have a meaning and an impact that we in our limited way of using our words could not do. March the 30th, March the 20th, I think 22nd, somewhere in there, was her drop dead. If she didn't get the, the vaccine by that date, she was going to lose her job. What does she do? See, I'm not against the vaccine. She's not against it, but she's pregnant. She's expecting another child. I wouldn't want to be doing something like that. And I, I, I honor her faith in that regard. So we decided we're going to do what we can do. We're going to pray. Oh, that seems so pathetic, Brother Houston. That's all that you always say. Well, we'll pray about it. I got a text from her this week. I think it was Monday. It was a letter from the HR department stating that they had reevaluated their stance on vaccinated and unvaccinated workers. And that she was going to have her job. She was not going to lose her job. I'm telling you, it does work when you talk to him about it. It does work when you take what you have to him and say it's not very much, God. God said, that doesn't matter to me. I know how to take a little and make it everything you need. What's God trying to stretch out of you today? What's He trying to bring you into a new dimension of? Understanding that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. If you'll stop calculating and running the numbers and rehearsing all of the reasons why not, And just bring him what you have. Give him what you have. Do what you can. Do what you can. Where you can. When you can. And watch God do what you can't do to change the situation that you're worried about right now. And you're thinking, it wouldn't matter. This isn't enough. God said, oh, you just don't know what I can do. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. 
I feel like God's trying to break something and give it to you so that when you leave here and you go home, when you break it, it's going to multiply. It's going to multiply in your hand. It's going to go further than you thought it could go. That's what happens when you honor God with the first fruit of your increase. So, Brother Hughes, I can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. I'm telling you, you can't afford not to give. Because if you hold on to all of it, I just assure you that when you get to the end of the month, there's going to be more month left over than there is money. But when you give it to God and you have that which is left and you start using it, it's amazing how far it goes. It's amazing what all it can accomplish. Woo! I read the story of Rick Warren, who's pastor of Saddleback Church in California, a very large uh, non-denominational church, I guess, of some sort. I, I don't know. He may have some kind of religious affiliation, but he built a humongous church out there. And they were getting ready to go into a building program. And he made a commitment of three years' salary for this building program three years and he did not have the resources to do it he didn't have the means to he just he just knew that's what they he and his wife felt compelled to do and so they committed three years salary and I think it was three weeks later he signed his first book deal and his signing bonus was exactly the amount of his three-year commitment to the building program. And that book called The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church has sold multiple millions of copies around the world. It has made him a multimillionaire because he was willing to do what he could with what he had. And then he said, well, really, it was more than what I had. But this is what I feel like I need to do. And God said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. And he started multiplying. And it seemed like every time he turned around, God blessed. That's what God does in our life. When we give to him, it doesn't matter if it's financial or our time. Our labors are never in vain. Our labors. I had a, a young man sit in our office yesterday afternoon and said, and I want to tell you, he said, if it was not for one man in this church, I would not be living for God today. And that one man, and I won't call his name, but he said that one man taught a Sunday school class of knot-headed young people that were smart Alex. He didn't say all that, but I know young people. You know, they know more than the teacher. But that one man who showed up every Sunday and did what he could, that other young man is in our church today and doing ministry for God, a licensed minister, by the way. I'm just telling you, whatever you give him, it comes back. And some of you need to open up the windows of your soul because God's about to pour some stuff out on your life because you've been willing to invest You've been willing to give and He is going to give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over.
I said I was closing. I hadn't closed yet, have I? Come on to the altar. I'm going to let you go in really quick, short order. But let's close here at the altar. Everybody, come on. This is not uh, sinners coming. This is everybody come. Come on. Come on real quick. If you're hungry and you've got to get out of here to go eat, I promise you, I won't keep you past 12 o'clock. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Here I am. Oh, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I give all myself to you, Lord. I give all myself to you, Lord. I give all myself to you, Lord. That's all that he wants. That's all that he wants. That's all that he wants. Just what you have. Just give him what you have. Do what you can. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I give all myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. What is he trying to use right now? What is God trying to use right now to stretch your faith? What challenges are you facing this morning that seem impossible to you? But they are not impossible to him. And he only awaits the transfer from your hands to his to begin using it the way only he can use it. I believe that it is by circumstances that we're facing right now. Listen to me. That God is trying to teach some of us how to trust Him. He is teaching some of us through what we're facing right now. How to know Him and walk with Him more closely. He is trying by the things that we are going through right now. To stretch us to believe Him for everything and anything. Amen. And I don't know what it is that you're facing right now, but I want you to, I want you to imagine that it's in your hands. And I want you to just lift it up right now and say, Okay, God, I want to give it to you this morning. I can't do much with it myself. When I look at it, I see its limitations. When I look at it, I see all of its flaws. I see all of its shortcomings. I see all of the inadequacies, Lord. I I see that it's not enough. It is not sufficient. But this is all that I have. And I bring it to you, Lord. And I give it to you. I lift it to you right now. I'm going to worship you with the strength that I have. I'm going to praise you with the strength that I have. I'm going to bless you with the strength that I have. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I'm going to let you go, but let me just let me say this in the last closing. When Gideon was by the threshing floor hiding grain and wheat to preserve it for his family because of the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the angel of the Lord said something to him that startled him. He said, Thou mighty man of valor. And when Gideon listened and heard, and he, he said, how could, how could this be? Where, where are all the blessings? Where are all the promises of God? What, what, how could it be that we be in this situation? If you read the context of that chapter, you realize that Gideon was as low as a person could be. And this was God's command to Gideon at the lowest point in his life. He said, go in this thy strength. Whatever strength you have, give it to him. Whatever strength you have, give it to him. You see, sometimes we excuse ourselves because we think, well, Brother Hughes, I don't feel real good. I don't have a lot of strength. God said, okay, you got enough to go in. Whatever it is, just go. And as you go, God's going to go with you. And if you will just use the strength that you have, God will give you the strength that you need He will give you the strength that you need to do the job that is before you. So when you leave here this morning, you walk out those doors. I want you to walk out those doors with this thought in your mind. I'm going to go in this my strength, whatever strength I have. However small, however long, what doesn't matter, the volume of it. All that matters is that's what I have and I'm going to go in that. And God said, as you go in this, your strength, I will give you strength. And he did. Amen. He did. Amen. Your your opportunity to explore the miraculous is in your possession right now. And this is where it's going to be found in your limitations in your limitations in those things that you feel totally inadequate to do that's where your opportunity is for the miraculous give it to him watch him grow it watch him multiply it watch him expand it watch him meet the need over and over and over again God bless you turn to somebody and say go in your strength whatever it is go in it today amen go in it today